Welcome to the latest episode of Breakfast with Bacon. I'm Doug Bacon, your co-host, managing director of Throwing Words, and uh, my co-host here, Ty Ann Osborne. Really excited about the guest that we have today, a, a friend of both of ours, and actually someone that I met, well, I met both of you the same day back at the ranch. And uh, so you want to introduce who we've got with us today? Absolutely, Doug. Lisa Cummings is one of my absolute favorite people, and she lives about an hour and a half due north of me in Austin. So I'm super excited. We've got Lisa Cummings from Lead Through Strengths. Many of you have heard of her. She has her own world-renowned podcast with uh, many more listeners than we have, Doug. So <laughs> super excited to finally get Lisa on the podcast. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been hungry for breakfast with bacon. Yes. <laughs> because yes. as we know, everything's better with bacon. Everything is. Love <laughs> it. I agree. Hey, so Lisa, let's jump in with strengths. So tell us your top five and um, we'll roll from there. Okay. Well, you know, I came prepared with my strengths mug. So for anyone who's oh, watching on video, also you can see the strategic maximizer, individualization, positivity, and woo. So I love that. I love that. That's it's so you, Lisa. And one of the reasons that Doug and I really wanted to have you on was because this is Doug's year of transformation. And that's kind of our intentionality word for the podcast and for um, that we've been talking a lot about this year. And so you and I have been talking a lot about kind of transformational things over the past few years that you and I've known each other. So I thought, ah, you would be great to come on and talk about that. So would you share with our listeners some of the big transformations that you've been going through? Sure. Well, I think the main one that Ty is referring to as we talk back over the years is we have been talking about reforming workaholism and leaning into a life that we really want to live. And we've been talking about this for probably five years now. Mm -hmm. And I've taken steps, you've taken steps, we've probably all taken steps into who we want to become. But wow, I mean, the the word transformation, I think is a really appropriate one, because it sounds big. And it's, it's big, it's difficult, it takes a long time to get out of your head about your relationship with time and your habits and your belief systems. So that's what I've been going through. And when you layer on 2020 into the mix, instead of experiencing the year of COVID bringing you down, I experienced a year of health issues bringing me down. And those, interestingly enough, were the catalysts that made me finally decide, look, I have to kick this. I need to figure out how to work less or I will never be able to get my body right again. Mm -hmm. So it was this kind of a crisis motivator that gave me the bravery that was required to make some of the big changes. So I don't know where you want to pivot mm -hmm. off of that, but it's really been a process of understanding time, understanding my relationship with time, understanding my expectations of self, understanding my ego and why I was driven to be a workaholic, understanding my limitations about um, kind of the brute force way of getting a lot done was my MO in the past, but you get to mm -hmm. a level where that doesn't do anything anymore and you have to mm -hmm. grow in different ways. So it's been a mental transformation in about 10 ways. 
Yeah, because one of the things that strikes me is, again, you and I have been meeting for a long time as in our pie days, as we call them. We'll have to explain that at some point in the future. Um, but we've been talking about this concept of doing less better. And we've been talking about that for years, right? But one thing that, you know, you lead with strategic and maximizer, and I've got a lot of strategic thinking themes and maximizer as well. And we never um, are short of ideas. And so that's one of those things. And Doug's laughing, you know, you and I together, we can sit there and come up with a jillion different ideas. And so how has that played out for you in the past? And then now thinking about this transformation, and like you said, you've had these health challenges. And so how have you reconciled, oh, I've got 50 jillion ideas, and yet there's only so much time in the day, and my body's telling me I've only got so much capacity. So how do you reconcile all that? Yes. I mean, I'll, uh, I will admit my humanity at first when my body would tell me my capacity was much smaller than I ever imagined it could be. Mm. I was just annoyed with it. And, that, <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to tell it it was not correct and that I am stronger than that. And I would do things like when it would want to shut down at 2 p.m. or 6 p.m., I would be like, no, this is not okay. So I'm going to take a walk to revive you. You know, I would do things to try to ignore what it was telling me. So that was my MO for a while. Okay. <laughs> or Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> then I evolved into seven cups of coffee a day. Okay. And amazingly, on the other side of the transformation, I don't drink coffee any longer. I'm on teas, and I only drink about two caffeinated teas a day. And most Ooh. of them are, um, are herbal and decaf. So that's kind of an amazing thing in itself. Wow. It's really a caffeineaholic. But it was all really the same thing. I was like, I would feel a little lull in my mental energy or physical energy, and I would want to beat it with something, you know? No, I'm going to overcome you. So if my mental fortitude or jumping jacks wouldn't do it, I would have another cup of coffee until my kidneys were begging. And then what else, you know, then what do I go to? So um, now I've lost sight of the, of, of the original Okay, so question. bring me back. Your, your body and energy capacity were trying to send you a message. You were still trying to kind of brute force your way through it. Totally. I think that's an old pattern. Maybe of, of all of the hundreds of things I learned from playing sports, I think that what I perceived as mental toughness and the ability to persevere is one of those lessons that maybe I, I took into a, a shadow side. And if you look, talk strengths, that's maximizer mm. and strategic in its shadow as well, because mm. I want to make it better. I want to do more. I'm thinking ahead and I'm always trying to work ahead and future proof things or mm. build for the future. And I just felt perpetually behind when I couldn't do what I perceived a normal human should be able to do in a given day. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because as you were talking, um, I was thinking about like that strategic in terms of like so good about knowing if if we're trying to get to here, what, what get rid of all the barriers. And, and so there's something about that strategic where it sounds like where where you're headed you change right and so now there's a different mindset there but there's also uh would and love to hear more about that and then a second piece is you know uh that part of maximizer that sees the gap between what we've uh, our performance and what excellent performance looks like and so i can mm -hmm. see how one 
in the old uh, kind of the old lisa former lisa how all that would just spin up into create the in the shadow side the overdrive but then also just kind of what what was that mind shift mind shift that you had to make to almost like both redefine where you're headed but redefine what excellence means i would guess mm -hmm. does that resonate yeah yeah i think that one of the things that felt like it made for success and fun in life was saying yes to things, saying yes to adventures, embracing things, trying things you're afraid of. And you'll hear that advice from a lot of people, say yes to more things. And I was just way out yes. And, <laughs> and this is when Ty and I started having these conversations years ago. She would be like, uh, what would you do? If you were brave, what would you say no to? And that's when she, she made reference earlier to the notion of the phrase do less better because that was our nod to Maximizer. Maximizer wants to do everything better. It sees potential that everything can be made better. So in that quest, we had a conversation one day where we're like, what about doing less? I mean, doing fewer things, but in a better way, that's still being better. And I was like, whoa, mind exploded. That's so brilliant. <laughs> And I put it on my phone as my lock screen and I looked at it every day for about two years and I made a little progress, only a little. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. It wasn't like fully into my belief. And so this year I scrapped it and I just turned my lock screen to say strong body, strong mind. And I feel like that is a little bit more to the strategic saying, what am I aiming for? instead of the other one, which I think when I read it, I interpreted a little bit of what not to do sort of thing. And it's easier for me to move towards something than to move away from something. Mm. And I think that might be part of the trick that gave me the mental freedom. Also because my body just was not going to allow it. It was saying you're at half capacity or whatever that number is, but I perceived it to be about half capacity or less on some days. So I decided I'm going to fashion out a three-day work week. I'm still not good at these. I still overlap into Mondays and Fridays, but imagine if you have yourself booked Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. with no breaks for anything, then when you get that email that requires two hours or you get extra action items in there, where do those spill? They spill into midnight, they spill into Saturday and Sunday, they spill into all of your hobbies, they spend into this extra joy time. So now with a three-day structure, then it spills into Mondays and Fridays for those kind of action things. And I'm slowly but surely getting into the place where I understand what it takes to actually structure a work week into a short amount of time. Wow. So Lisa, one of the things that, you know, when we're working with clients, we hear this all the time, you know, these are things that everyone struggles with, especially our leaders. And so they want to do this, but it's super scary. It's super scary to say no to things because people feel like, their business is going to collapse the minute they say no to something, or especially if someone has started their own business and, you know, it's so exciting when people do come to you and want to pay you money for things. So the minute you say no, ugh, that, you know, people have a real hard time with that. So how did you um, basically face that fear and kind of reconcile that? And how has your business adjusted once you did start saying no and kind of how did you say no to some things? What are some things that you did in your business so that you could continue scaling basically? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think even though it feels like it's really different for a business owner or someone in corporate who feels like they need to set new boundaries, they need to figure out how to say no, it's really all the same because for me it is, what if I don't earn enough revenue? What if I'm not a good teammate to my husband? What if I look at my metrics in my business and I think they're a failure that year? It's still similar to in corporate having the feeling that, well, what if they view me as a poor performer? What if I never get promoted again? What if I get put on the you know, cut list or whatever mm-hmm. might come up? It, they're all similar things that you're grappling with. And I do think those all get back to ego and bravery. But at the same time, you can argue... Well, there are things like, yeah, I want to be a good contributor to the household. And yeah, I don't want to be a succubus in the house. And yeah, I want to um, I want to be proud of the thing that I'm doing, whether it's in corporate or business. And so saying no, for me, I think the risk always feels like, um, does that make me less successful? And is there a way then to say yes and still feel like things are moving the way they need to. And that's where I kept getting myself caught in the trap because I was trying to get it all. So I had to let that go in order to try it. I had to say, I'm going to find ways to say no, which for me means using other facilitators as the number one way and bringing on other team members to do other activities in the business. I know not everybody can just delegate their way into more time. Um, And saying no to things that I want to do that would be fun But at this time, I can't squeeze them in because it might mean that, well, if I did that, that would mean I get four hours of sleep that night and I'm trying to heal my body. So how am I going to reconcile that? So I can go through the logic in my mind to allow myself to say no to things. So I just started trying it and I didn't like it at all. And to be honest, like the mental part of it was really difficult because the risks felt so high. So I learned some saying no tactics like slow knowing and so I would I would say like let me think about this I'll get back to you um I just found some ways to phrase things so that even if I couldn't bring myself to say no in the moment because I didn't want to disappoint people I would delay the answer so I could think through it get my head around how I wanted to say it so that helped a lot and then um just doing it as far as bringing on other team members and using other facilitators more often and changing my role inside of the company and being confident enough to do it even if it disappointed a few customers or prospects. I mean, I was truly just really worried about disappointing people I've never met before, prospective Mm -hmm. customers who've never even met me. I guess they've met me on a (laughs) podcast or a video perhaps, but um, it was that. I just had to take the step and live through that Tyann question. What would you do if you were brave? I would try it. And then I found when I tried it, it actually worked out fine. so when then when you get to be surprised by that, then you get brave enough to take bigger steps. So I'm just starting to get to that point where I'm getting brave enough to take bigger and bigger steps toward it. Wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, Lisa, that um, you t- like when when I think about a number of your strengths, um, you know, that strategic maximizer in particular, how um, I always uh, in the past have thought about it as you know, we will, we will get to that better future. There may be bodies strewn about in the wake behind us, but we will make it there. And this, but that was like, literally for you, your body was in the wake. I mean, like <laughs> no, no, uh, like, like physically in terms of uh, just what you experienced. And then to have the, you know, that clarity around um, 
if I continue, I can't continue to say yes uh, to things. And because I've experienced that too, it's you know, that, you know, there's the expression, the other side of yes is a blessing, um, you know, and, and in the way, you know, you grow your business and you grow, you, you'd say yes to new things, but it, you reach that tipping point where then you have to start saying no. And now you have to start showing up differently so that you can say no and how that is a learned, a learned behavior um, that is that is easier said than done, at least in my experience. Maybe that's why I've always liked the command talent theme so well, because people seem so able to say, nope, they don't have to explain it. They don't feel the need to describe why they need to decline at this time. They're so good at being crisp and clear and just leaving it like that. And it's not something I've felt really comfortable with over the years. Hmm. Maybe we'll have to bring on um, our colleagues, Lexi and Jane, and explore uh, more about command in the future. <laughs> that would be fun. But I, you know, it's interesting, Lisa, I just hear a couple of things in terms of um, prioritizing yourself, but really back to some of that Simon Sinek stuff about, you know, keeping your why kind of first and foremost, when you think about, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I saying no to this short-term thing because it's allowing me to get to this longer-term thing. And I think that's where your strategic can be really, really helpful about keeping that in mind. And that is an interesting thing about, you know, I'm afraid of disappointing people I don't even know. Um, you know, that's kind of a people pleaser thing in us. And you, you do have a lot of sort of relationship and influencing things in there too. And the positivity and woo, and we don't want to let people down. Right. And you have built this platform and we want to be able to say yes, but in terms of transformation, you really have pivoted to building systems in your business, which do allow you to say yes to some things by having people you can count on. And also by having, um, you know, an operations manager who can basically say no on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a tactic to not be overlooked because right. um, she has been the person that in many cases I put her out in front of me because she is so much more comfortable saying no and just booking other people as the natural thing to do instead of me getting stuck in that one moment of weakness and then that one yes creating 12 action steps or 12 events that then you have to prepare for that create a lot of time over the next few months those those kind of things so yeah it's really smart you you made me think of that book the regrets of the dying or is it the five regrets of the dying do you, have you read that yeah and we were just, just Doug and I were talking about the Kubler-Ross change curve in a previous podcast. So wow. there you go. There you go. That's from that. Yeah. And thinking about things like, hey, if I'm 92 and I'm chilling on the porch on my rocking chair and I'm thinking back over my life and you think about regrets, I can definitely see having regrets. Like, I wish I hadn't worked so many hours. I wish I hadn't been such mm -hmm. a workaholic. The things that I imagine myself saying it would be, I wish I spent more time with friends and family. I wish I spent more time RVing. I wish I spent more time on my music and songwriting and mm -hmm. gigging and playing drums and those kind of things that I can choose to do right now if I'll make the choice. But the choice requires taking off the workaholism piece. And I'm figuring all of that out. But I, I think I've 
I've finally come to that place where I'm acknowledging <laughs> these things are all trade-offs. I, I think in some ways we can have it all, but there are trade-offs. One yes is, is another no, and there might be a blessing behind that yes door, but there also might be uh, a whole lot of action items and a whole lot of hours of requirements you just signed up for. Yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of back to that, um, you know, together we're better. And so by putting some complementary skill sets in place with team members, you do have a team member who is very process oriented, who doesn't have that same emotional connection to people she's not met. And so when you give her a structure, um, she is more than happy to run with it and implement it. And so yeah. great, she's been a great protection for you, basically. Has, yeah, has been amazing. And you don't, yeah. no one else is going to feel all that stuff. Like when my individualization right. is sensing someone's disappointment because they called because they saw some video that I made and they were thinking I was going to be the facilitator and now it needs to be another one. Right. All of the things that are flinging around in my head when I'm thinking about how can I approach this and make them feel really confident that the person we're going to suggest to them is going to be a better match for them than me. I believe that's true, but there's a lot of stuff competing in my head, whereas she can say it and just be, um, it's, it's just a, a non-emotion, factual kind of, here's capacity, here's the person. Um, yeah, I, so I, I think that partnership thing is really key. And also being around people, like I've been around you where you've challenged my thinking for years and expanded it and beyond believing something, you have to live into it and act into it. So even though you gave me some wise words many years ago, it's taken <laughs> me a long time to act on them. And it reminds me a lot of people's journey of things like, well, I want to start eating better. And then they do a few things, but then they fall back into old habits and patterns and they don't even realize it. And it's a process. It takes a lot of years to really master a totally different way of being. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that awareness piece that's so important. And I think about it both um, from a strength perspective in terms of, you know, having an awareness of how my how my strengths are at their best. But then when I when I know all about that and I'm aware of the good and the challenging part of that, it's almost like you can see around the strengths and, and either and kind of leverage some of these things that are a little further down or think about those partnerships and who are those people that can protect you from yourself and just he love hearing all these different tactics and solutions that, that you're have and are putting into place so that you can move to that better future that you've defined for yourself yeah thank you i think the last one i would bring up that might be useful for a listener is when pieces of you that you like fade away from you. So for example, like Doug, you're really playful and you're always cracking jokes and I love that about you. And if I were in my really like heavy workaholism kind of mode and I was really busy and I, I just I don't have time for that, playing around, I've got stuff to do right now, I might become more serious and I wouldn't have fun interacting with you in the same way where literally the fun interactions might take five seconds because they're just these throwaway comments, but those are the small things that would start disappearing from me and how I interact with the world. And I think that's a good tip for people when you start getting a self-awareness that I'm losing the parts of me that make me likable. I'm losing the parts of me that I think are fun and make life enjoyable because they define your interactions with other people. When those start to fade out, it 
it's a good signaling to say, hey, hey, warning light is on, check engine light is on, get that puppy worked on. Yeah. Yeah. And along those same lines, Lisa, you and I have talked about, and this was a, a concept I picked up from Oprah however many years ago. And she said, you know, the universe will send us signals, right? When just like that, when things are out of whack and there are whispers first. And when we don't listen, they get louder and louder. And if you keep not listening, it'll smack you upside the head at some point. And so just like with your body, if we keep not listening to these signs, eventually you'll just collapse in a heap and you won't be able to move forward. And so, I mean, you've seen that, right? And so I would say that self-awareness and paying attention and living an intentional life is more important than ever. And I especially think last year kind of brought that home for so many people. So I would say this year of transformation and intentionality is a great year for people to have that reset. And I think um, the tips you've given us today have been really good for that. And thanks for being a leader and being vulnerable today and sharing that with us. Thank you. You are welcome. And I think for the workaholics, for what you just described with the get the whispers with the feathers, I had a mentor once who said, you can get your messages with a feather or a hammer and you tend to pick the hammer. And I think that's because you wait too long. I think a lot of workaholics do that. And so yeah. um, for anyone who's still listening to the conversation, Ask yourself if you're waiting around for the hammer, if you could tune in a little bit more and catch it early before it wallops you. Yes. I love that analogy. Uh, That's great. Lisa, so great. Thanks again for the time today. It's always, I always walk away from uh, our conversations with, with nuggets, but also just, just, uh, just all of your strengths. I love seeing those and have, I would say envy, but I think it's a, just a real great appreciation for kind of who you are and, and what, what you put out there. And I think about all those influencing talents and as just how the people who are going to benefit from what you're learning and sharing your on your own journey about how you you can't help but influence other folks to, to be able to, to aspire to take on those things that you're tackling on a daily basis. So thanks again for some time today. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. Thanks for those listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.